Welcome back. This week on the Cars Unfiltered podcast, we explain how to tell if your car is on fire. After their neck gets warm, then they're like, oh, yeah, my, right. my, my hair is warm. What's yeah. going on? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, my, I didn't have heated seats in this car. And then, this oh. I end up still being on the podcast, and we also seriously discuss Cadillac's decision to move into EVs. So I have some inf- a couple things here since we're getting into this. Oh, wait, Tom's still uh, here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still here. And we decide if we're actually going to go to the auto show this year. But I don't know. So are you going to the auto show, Tom? And now, the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cars Unfiltered podcast. This is season three, episode 11. It is January. Well, today it's uh, January 13th. We'll probably release this on the 14th, which is a Monday. Uh, yeah, so we're back again. Uh, we have myself, Tom. We have Mike. Are we doing the intros again? I we're, guess. We're introduced- I don't know. All right, we'll introduce each other again. It's, it's still a new year. <laughs> and Sal's, then, uh, Sal's here, too. Yes, and Sal. Hello. Trying the Mr. Doubt, Mrs. Doubtfire intro. <laughs> Seems like it backfired, but it's all right. Sal's kind of yeah. sick, too, I'll try so and, he's going to yeah. be a little off. I'm working working off a cold. Man, you were sick last week, too. It's kind of one of those one of those things. It's amazing how that happens, where a, a, a sickness can last more than a few days. <laughs> I know. Well, for me, you can ask Mike. It usually lasts for me, like, months, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. no, I was going to say that the thing about my family is the uh, Palafox clan, well, mostly actually my mom's family, so that side, and then me and my sister, uh, we have coughs that last months. Yeah, like, if we get coughs, oh, they'll oof. last, like, months. We have really shitty lungs. Oof, um so yeah, so luckily the cough hasn't developed much, but it actually my little nephew just got a cold and a cough, and my sister was terrified that he was going to <laughs> be coughing for the next like half of his life up to this point, right? <laughs> so in any case, well, I hope you start feeling better soon. Thanks. You know what I hear um, good for a cold? What's that? Sitting by a fire. Ooh, I got yes. a gas one. Nah, that's not as good. You know what else is catches on fire a lot? Mid-engine cars. Yeah. Oh man, we're at Segway already. I All know, right. right? So Jumping right you in. probably. Uh, I so I just got back from. I've been gone for like a week, and I just kind of went through my YouTube stuff, and uh, I saw that Salamandra or Alejandro, like his channel is Salamandran, but his name's Alejandro. Um, so he had a, a McLaren Senna. I don't, I'll just give a little backstory real quick. Um, McLaren denied him like they wouldn't get, they weren't going to sell him one. Um, they basically didn't allow him on the list due to, I believe some of his prior, uh, car activities. Um, you know, you have to kind of, in order to get some of these like special limited edition cars, you have to play nice with the manufacturers and Alejandro, you know, just kind of does whatever he wants. And, uh, which I think is totally fine. Um, but that means sometimes it's difficult for him to get new release stuff. And so when the Senate came out, um, he, I can't remember exactly what happened. He he missed two of them, and then this third one, the uh, original owner, like basically kind of just backed out, and that's how he got it. And I think he had it for like a week, a week or two, and it caught fire. Like just one of the things, like hashtag supercar things. You know, sometimes they catch fire. Um, it appears that you know it really freaked him out, and now he is—he uh, just released a video a couple days ago that he's going to sell. Well, he says in the video he's going to sell all his cars, but it sounds like he's like done with mid-engine stuff where he cannot see like the engine in front of him. 
<laughs> which I, that kind of could make sense. Like if you drive it along, like you could be driving and the back of your car could be on fire and you may not know. Yeah, but come on, really? <laughs> you can get rid of all your shit just because one thing burned. That's like saying I'm well, never going to cook again because I got burned by a fucking frying well, pan. Well, so it begs the question, and I'll ask the guys that have had older cars in general. Um, so let's say like we were just behind yesterday. We're driving behind someone with a um, that was leaking oil. Right. So you saw the fumes come out the back, the different color. Right. It smelled. Can you tell if something if your exhaust, if you're burning oil out of your exhaust while you're driving? OK, for the normal driver. No. Right. For me, I. Yes. But this is not a normal <laughs> driver, like regardless of the fact that, OK, maybe he's probably like like he's driven so many super. Well, OK, that, well, put it put it to you this way. He knew enough to get out of the car. Yeah before it really caught yeah, on fire yeah, yeah. right which tells you that he knew something was up yeah. right whether he could see it through his rear view mirror or whatever else right yeah he, he, was he could tell he could tell sure. something was up right yeah. He, not yet yeah, like, obviously so not a, your average driver. a regular driver you're saying probably couldn't tell that they were burning oil. a regular driver may have been in the car still while it was on fire mm. right mm-hmm. um interesting and then once I, I, back I, of their neck gets warm then they're like oh yeah my, right. my, my hair is warm what's yeah. going on yeah. it's like oh my i didn't have heated seats in this car and this, oh that's why <laughs> like a normal driver who doesn't um no offense to normal drivers who listen to our podcast but obviously no one thinks they're a normal driver so it's okay right yeah i think we're safe yeah um is a, a normal driver if they're burning oil or leaking oil isn't going to notice until they pull the dipstick out and it's low and then they're going to wonder, huh, why is this low? Correction. A normal driver won't know how to pull the dipstick and <laughs> read True. it. They won't do it until they go in and somebody else pulls the dipstick. Yeah. And then they will wonder why it's low and they won't really question it that much and they'll go on with their lives. As I'm pu- I pulled up some pictures of this thing. That's pretty bad. That thing's toasted. Yeah. there's. Um, I mean, he got out pretty early because they shot a video of it, like just starting. Like, you know, he was like 30 feet away, you know, like filming it going... <laughs> burning up which that's got to be he had uh one video where he's like he's like the fire he was saying that the firefighters were like man why aren't you more upset you know and he's like well we're all safe and it's you know at the end of the day it's just a car kind of a thing but like now like a few weeks later now this like starting to settle in a little bit he's kind of like man like you know that was like a super limited car <laughs> like well, the realization yeah. is starting to you know so the thing that gets me about this right is um supercars are high performance automobiles okay <laughs> duh but um they're designed for driving not for sitting you know what i'm saying so you remember a while ago um what were they lamborghinis were catching on fire i think um and ferraris and ferraris but, but i think i think Lamborg- all... lamborghinis were kind of the big one right and i saw a video of some guy in uh Dubai somewhere on the street, right? Sitting at a stoplight, revving his engine. And that's what caught his car on fire because it overheated the exhaust without any airflow going around the exhaust, which caused the plastic or carbon fiber or whatever the fuck you want to call it near the exhaust to catch on fire, right? Um, And that's what caused the problem in, in that particular instance. And I'm curious to find out if something similar happened in this case, right? Where low speed or no speed driving contributed to the eventual fire because of higher heat than the car was intended for. You know what I'm saying? Like these cars were meant to be driven. They're meant to take to a mm-hmm. fucking track or take to the highway or whatever. They're meant to be driven, not to sit in traffic. And so, so, I, so I'm curious about just the scenario surrounding it. 
always. Yeah. I haven't like looked into it a whole lot, but I do know like he lives in LA, so there is traffic. But also too, like the where the fire looks like it originated to me, it looks like a slow fuel leak and then turned into a big fuel leak. Yeah, that and, and that's possible, right? I mean, any so that's possible in any car. Well, but yeah. and but maybe even to your point, Mike, right? If they're racing cars, right? Typically, if you're taking your car out for a race, you're going to get it inspected every time you take it out. Yeah, for sure, you'd catch that fire, right? You'd if catch you're, that if you're racing, right? I mean, if whatever, if you're just doing practice laps, you might not. But a good person probably would do a checkup every time you hit the, the track yeah, right whereas you, do, you might you be less around you might be around. less inclined to do so if this is just a regular driver right well but the, the counter well, the counterpoint to to my own argument and not your argument mm-hmm. is that the manufacturers should make these things well enough so that that so they can be dri- driven in traffic without catching on fire right maybe but, they is, but is, is, is a senna actually and i don't know enough about the mclaren is a senna street legal i think so yeah yep it's um so Probably so yeah barely, here's the thing but... and then also too like to the point of like him getting the car like deeply inspected after he's only put like 400 miles on the car so like it's not really you know like i wouldn't i don't think anybody would really expect but it's not even you know, like go and look for fuel it's not even it's not even deeply inspected though tom i mean you look at like f1 drivers or they always have there's a check before every race oh, well okay so here's something too so McLaren itself bills the Senna as the ultimate street legal performance mm-hmm. car, right? Mm-hmm. Which means to me, yeah. that means that it requires the maintenance and the care of a track car, of a race car that you happen to drive on the street, which tells mm-hmm. me you should fucking look at it all the goddamn time to find out if there's anything wrong. Because I- a track car, uh, like a race car in general is built and things are wrong with it a lot right yeah. it'll leak shit stuff will break right like you gotta fucking look at it you know what i'm See, saying i would actually by that verbiage i would actually take it the opposite way by saying it's a street club street if you say this a street legal performance car the street legal comes first so in that mind i would actually say that it's it's a street car that has a lot of performance but it's interesting yeah See, I would build it the opposite direction. If, yeah. If if someone, but but like from in my mind, it's like that. Then you would say the ultimate performance car built for the street or whatever, right? Well, if so, See, if, so... if you were building a street car, I would call. I know, it like, I know, this is semantics. Yeah, right? it, it, we're it getting is, but yeah. But yeah, but I mean, it was so, a question of here's... like because it's like the Aston Martin Vulcan, right? That's not street legal. Right. right, it's got. That also light. comes with a team of. It comes with a team of mechanics, and oh, I also shit. say this exhaust, too that this exhaust comes out right under the fucking uh, spoiler. There's th- they, well, they've so, got the, that tri-tip exhaust right, and it comes out legit right under the fucking carbon fiber spoiler on this car. Mm-hmm. That's a, a problem. bunch of them do. Yeah, but that's still no. a fucking dude. If you're sitting in traffic, that's a problem. If you're right, if you're Maybe. driving, not a problem because you have airflow. If you're sitting in traffic, where's that heat going? Right up, straight up, not back up. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see like what the the cause and everything was of it. But I'd also say too, like he did end up buying this car direct from McLaren. And when you buy one of these cars, like you guys are, you know, debating like kind of an ambiguous like what you know what is the purpose of a car if it's categorized as like a high performance, you know, whatever. But um, you get all the training and information that you need about like caring for, especially something like limited one off like this, like Lamborghini, Ferrari, um, McLaren, they actually like keep track of these cars, yeah, like right. after they sell them. Yeah. So like, th- like there's no way that, especially somebody spending that much money on a car, there's pretty much, I, I would say very low chance that like, 
you buy a car that expensive from a manufacturer and you don't know how to care for it. So like, I don't, uh, I don't know I don't about know, that. Man. <laughs> I don't know about that. If you're like some sultan somewhere that's just like, no. you know, drops the money and ships it over, like they don't, you know, they don't care, but they also probably have a team of people to maintain them. No, I would, I but would say I wouldn't, that, uh, Alejandro in this case is is the exception to the rule and most of these cars go to people that don't have a fucking clue how to care for them I'll give you perfect I don't think so man I'll give you perfect example I, I disagree now, granted they're not they're not this limited edition but um she was just recently on like carpool karaoke or whatever but Cardi B has like two Lamborghinis including an Urus and like a Ferrari and like a Bentley she doesn't have a driver's license she literally says that she bought them so she could take pictures next to them. Yeah, I, she has no idea how to care for those cars. She probably doesn't yeah, even know so, that what she's wearing will is, scratch those cars. Right. The difference is, though, you're taking, like, no, but, an, an exception, right? So, like... No, she's yeah, not an exception. She's, she's the rule, Tom. You're, like... Uh, Alejandro and the guys that, that you watch <laughs> and, and that we see are the exception, right? Like... The Grand Tour guys are the exception. They're not the rule. Right. The guy they borrowed those cars from is the rule, right? I uh, I don't know, man. That seems like a little bit of a stretch. Like I don't there's because there's not that many like you know post Malones and but but so Cardi I guess but so there. I guess I'd, I'd get I'd say that there's an I'd say that the proportion of people that buy supercars that are actually trained drivers or have any sort of knowledge on race car driving is smaller than the people that are just rich. But in any case, so I guess taking this to the next logical point, so then, Tom, are you saying that you think McLaren is is on the hook for this? That McLaren uh, built it wrong? I would say unless, like, Salamandran or somebody, like, you know, flicked some kind of flaming material into the car, I would say it is uh, an issue with... Uh, mclaren that mclaren messed up and i would be on the lookout for more senna's going up in flames well and i i would tend to agree with you that it was, i would assume personally looking at how this thing caught on fire and whatnot and the pictures that he's got of where it caught on fire don't seem to be like a traffic situation um which isn't to say that he wasn't able to get out of traffic right or whatever um but it would seem to me that this is more uh, a manufacturer defect an unintentional defect right like a loose fuel fitting or something versus misuse because let's be honest alejandro does know how to drive cars yeah but they but i in my point they can spin zone that like tesla did with all the tesla fires yeah. saying oh you know but the difference is here you have uh, a niche manufacturer right that doesn't have the uh they don't have the luxury of seeming uh aloof right they, they can't come across as not caring because people won't buy their shit they have well, to, they the almost thing is, though, have too, to care, right? Well, so no, here's the thing, though. Like, okay, so it caught on fire, right? This one this one limited production car caught on fire. Like, you're telling me, like, next year when they have another limited production car, like, their sales are going to be affected by this crash? Pre no. no, yeah, no. Yeah, no, because there's a list of 500,000 people looking to buy 50 cars. But but they could be right. if, um, <clears throat> if they show enough of a lack of regard for their customers in the aftermarket, which is like when your car fucking catches on yeah. fire, right? Then mm -hmm. people would be less inclined to buy their cars in the future. Re regardless, you know, like I, not, yeah, not by know. a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying a lot, right? But eventually if, if you prove a pattern of 
not caring. Yeah, I don't know if it affects these big guys, though. I yeah, really don't. Maybe. Because, I mean, yeah, for I mean, a long time. I think if it was the, yeah, go ahead, Tom. If it was the five, if it was the 570s where they're selling higher volume, I would say yes. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I and because agree. I still think that there's a lot of, I mean, it's like the old statistics about Ferraris that, like, most Ferraris drive less than whatever it is, 600 miles a year or whatever. Right, this is a showroom car for ninety nine percent of the population yeah. who buys them. Yeah, you're right. Most people are buying it as an art piece or as a like a watch, a luxury fucking watch instead of a car. Yeah. You know, like, oh, here's I get interesting twist. Okay, what if the new Ford GTs were catching on fire? That would be a big deal. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there, there you have somebody who also has to produce a fucking uh, Escape, and the people that are going to buy the Escape are paying attention to what happens with the GT. Right. Mm, my mom is not paying attention to what's happening with the Ford GT. Does your mom buy an Escape? Or yes. Did you tell her to buy an Escape? No, I oh. didn't tell anyone. My mom's picked two Escapes in a row. My sister has an Escape. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah my my parents. I will. I will think my that parents they would, would not be keeping. Track. It would lose them credibility in the supercar market or whatever. Yeah. It, right. Might, yeah. Okay. Because because again, remember, and this is I, I realize this is privy information to the three of us that follow this type of thing, it's not a standard engine. Yeah, right. As much as Ford mm-hmm. builds it to be, oh, it's the 3.5 Eco, it's not. It's got, you know, magnesium pistons and crankshafts and all this, you know, just completely modded. Does it actually have magnesium, though, or are you just pulling that out of your no, ass? No, I think it does. I think it is the same. It has, like, the racing pistons and stuff, which typically they have magnesium, don't they? No. Why would you make magnesium I... pistons? They fucking burn. Magnesium is a... Uh, Volatile yeah, metal. Why would you make anything that's near a combustion chamber it's also, out of magnesium? It's also brittle. I mean, it's possible. I yeah, can, but brittle, I can see there being the a magnesium pistons. alloy, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. There's some sort of exotic metal on there. I don't know enough about metallurgy to tell you. But I don't know that magnesium would hold up to that. But it, okay, so does it make sense to get rid of the rest of your supercars? Does it make sense to get rid of your Ford GT because your McLaren caught out of fire? Well, he so the big one for me that he says he's getting rid of is his uh, Porsche CGT, his Carrera GT, which he like nobody does this, but he had every panel removed and it painted like a custom color and stuff. And I'm like, that is extreme. So um, like if he's serious, like that's uh, I mean, maybe he just wants to switch out his garage. Like I could see that like a lot of people think, do that on YouTube and stuff. You think he's going to go for electric stuff? Uh. No, he's had some electric, like hybrids, right? Um, he's had some of those in the past. Like, I, th- I don't remember. Like, he had a Koenigsegg even. I think the Regera or something. So what you're saying is he's not going to... Uh, I could be wrong on that. I don't so what you're saying is he's not going to transition to Cadillacs. Doesn't seem like it. Nope. Mm. <laughs> so, Segway. So, yeah, nice. so, so where I was going with that is Cadillac announcing that they're, Sal's not paying attention anymore. So I am. We, we just hit a Segway. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Cadillac has announced <coughs> that they're going to lead the electric charge at uh, General Motors now. Are they technically General Motors or are they technically GM as the name now? You remember when they went to the I bankruptcy, they had to change Motors the name. Still. Did it used to be the General Motors Company or General Motors Corp or something? Oh, that, and they had know. to drop it? That I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, regardless of that, um, yeah, Cadillac is now spearheading the electric revolution at gm so what do you think of that tom 
So it's kind of interesting because this news was actually picked up on TechCrunch.com, which if people don't know, TechCrunch is like the, like they make fun of it on the show Silicon Valley. Um, it's like the place where everybody tries to get their startup news posted on um, to get more funding and, and kind of like tech attention. Uh, so that, that's kind of interesting. Um, the other thing I would say to it is like, that's cool because they have a lot more margin to play with. Maybe they can like set a precedence with like longer range, higher quality EVs, uh, you know, to kind of establish their trend for that in the future, even with like, uh, the, the Chevy brand and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's also kind of a weird thing because I still envision Cadillac as being like an older generation, super cushy ride vehicle. And this is def- definitely once again, targeting the younger, you know, kind of uh business class. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they uh, intend to transition the brand. So I'm always keenly interested in what the brand does, right. From a brand image standpoint, um, because that's how people perceive your vehicles and, you know, your company, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm curious to see how they'll handle this from a brand perspective, right? Um, I mean, Lincoln, the, a couple of years ago when they went through their whole uh, restructuring or re whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, they went into um, quiet luxury, right? So now they're the, they're the quiet luxury guys. And so Cadillac can't do that, even though they're putting an electric motor in something, right? Because they can't copy their crosstown rivals as much as they might want to. Um so they could definitely there's a couple of ways that they could go and neither one shows a lot of promise in my mind so i'm i'm interested to see how the how it actually pans out right um because yeah they have to change their target demographic for one right because old people can't buy their cars forever and let's be honest that's really not the target segment you want to hit for the most part to be a mass market like luxury car um if you're going if you're going after the old folks right they're gonna die and they're not gonna buy another one of your cars so you really need to get some younger people in there um not necessarily younger professionals right but you at least got to hit people in their like 40s uh so so they've got that hurdle to go to get over and then they just went through this whole like performance brand phase or what, whatever the fuck it was. And so now they've got to come around from that and turn that into electric propulsion. And while we can all agree that electric propulsion has benefits in the performance world, right? Trying to marry EV and the transition from performance and luxury together is not an easy thing. I don't know. Like it kind of works. Like the letters kind of work together, right? Like C T S E V, huh? Yeah. huh? <laughs> I mean, it's better than the C T five and six, yeah, and whatever else, whatever right. whatever other numbers there are. Yeah, I just think this is purely. Think so? I just think this is purely a margin thing, to be honest. You I think, think so? it's purely a margin thing because you can because they can test out a bunch of different powertrains and not have to worry about whether they're going to make money on it. Yeah, but they still have to sell them, right? Like I get it that they can, but make, they don't. But they don't have to sell as many to make the money. Yeah, yeah, but you still have to sell them, right? Like think think about if if yeah, they but, came out with a bolt, that but was but like so what would so they're essentially saying that what Tesla envisions is the future is wrong, right? Tesla's been trying to make cheaper and cheaper and cheaper 
ones. Right now, you can't get a Model X for under fifty grand. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is, oh no, we we think that's the correct market for it, right? So they're saying that Tesla trended. I mean, that we just saw. I sent that an article about Volkswagen having a platform that could potentially be selling in the thirties, and yeah. that was done by outsiders looking in. They're like, yeah, they could probably sell this for thirty grand. Yeah. Right. Right. So in my yeah. mind, this is a lower risk because they tried the low end. They tried the Volt. The Volt wasn't selling. Right. The Volt and the Bolt or whatever. I always forget which one. I think the Volt was the electric one. But in any case. The Bolt was the electric one. The Bolt, the the bolt, bolt was the bolt electric was the hybrid, one. Yeah. yeah. So the Bolt didn't sell at low end. So it's like, okay, we're going to try high end. And by the way, the Bolt also wasn't making money. So then this will be a way to ensure that you're not drowning yourself. Right? Um, yeah. I mean, I see, I see where and, you're And I also think that in my mind, people buying Cadillacs, this doesn't necessarily have to be their only car. So the range anxiety mm-hmm. gets taken down a bit because it's it might be a second it might be a fun it's something for a fun retiree to say oh hey I might want to try one of these newfangled electric things I don't know to a point right so like my grandpa was a Cadillac guy right? when Cadillac yeah. when Cadillac was a more well respected yep um and he was a one car guy right he was he was never going to have two cars <coughs> because at the time the Cadillac was still uh, the working man's reach vehicle right mm-hmm. it was the one that you got as you retired out or the one that you got at the end of your career or whatever it was right you were finally able your kids had finally left the house and you could finally buy a fucking cadillac right mm-hmm. um and if we're still going if, if cadillac's still going after that segment right then there's going to be a lot of range anxiety because now you have older people who are used to uh regular internal combustion engines who are like wait i can only go to the store uh however many times i have to charge this thing every night you know what i'm saying but what's interesting to me too is that so would your would your old man buy buy a cadillac ev no why well my dad's an awkward case and my dad likes german cars yeah but but in theory your old man's the perfect target demographic yes Yes, but my grand. But you also have to remember that we also grew up with parents that had that grew up in like the muscle, uh, not necessarily your grandpa, but your dad in the muscle era. Yeah. So like, I think it's very hard to not like cars of that ilk, right? For them, having a big engine was a big deal. Yeah, that's true. But but the thing from my side is an interesting part. Back to what you said about marketing towards young professionals. Do young professionals care about luxury brands? They want BMWs. But do they in mass? I know that that's what everyone says, right? It'd be an interesting thing to actually do the research and say, okay, people in their 30s or their 40s, right, that are professionals that make over, let's say, 70K a year, right? Let's just put a number on it. If someone did some research and actually saw what they were buying, I think there would be a disproportionate amount of people buying regular cars. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with you. I get okay. that the aspiration is there. But I think I think that there's a disproportionate amount of people that buy Priuses. I think that the young professionals would rather buy a Prius, a nice Prius. I would probably agree with you, yeah. If if they're of that mindset, if they're already of the hybrid electric mindset, yeah, they're more likely to buy a cheaper one in the first place. Yeah, they don't yeah, care right. so much about the luxury branding of it, right? right. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd all be buying BMW i8s. Yeah. Eh, okay. Yeah, I agree. You're right. So yeah, I don't know. It's an it's an interesting play. I mean, we'll see how it works out. I just also think that you're you're missing out on 
By doing this, you're admitting that you're probably going to bring that technology to the rest of your brand later, which I don't think they do. I think this is just a marketing ploy, and they're going to bring them out at the same time. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a, a Malibu EV at the same time. They're just or, not going to shortly thereafter. They're just not going to advertise it, right? Yeah, but right. If they're sticking to this, I think you're missing the big population growth to EV, right? If the jump to EV happens in the next ten years, unless you put something out already, which they might already have something in the in the holster, right? Well, they probably analogy. do. They probably have something like coming up, but like you, 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 you may miss the early wave of adopters into the new cheap EV market. Yeah, but they they don't care. They're foregoing that for the higher market. But can they afford like not to care? Yeah, well, right. I mean, right it goes back. It, it goes back to the the debate of like two thousand eight with the with the trucks, where everyone's like, "Oh, we're fat and happy selling trucks. Oh, this new car thing is just going to be a fad." Yeah, Efficient car yeah, things. But, Okay, so if they're developing um, a new Cadillac platform, mm-hmm. right? Think think about it from our end, from a, a Ford standpoint, right? If Lincoln was developing a new platform for EVs, mm-hmm. you're telling me that we that uh, we wouldn't be able to tool up fairly quickly to make that to rebadge that as a Ford in the event that we th- that we think we're missing the boat on cheap cars. Well, but the issue is the margins. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't you, yeah, get you, enough so out of the actually, Yeah, you will have engineered it for the higher margin already. Yeah, you're right. So I have some inf- a couple things here since we're getting into this. Oh, hey, Tom's still uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I've been Googling a little bit while you guys were talking about that because there is a, a vehicle that Cadillac did that kind of similarly, similarly performed this experiment back in 2013. The ELR? Which was... The ELR. Okay. Yep. So that's a hybrid. It had like 35 miles of range. It's basically the, the Cadillac Bolt. Yep. Um, and they actually have some interesting numbers here about um, like the the cost to set up the the Volt, and which is also um, they made Opals and Holden's yep. versions of the Volt. Mm-hmm. So um, <coughs> the plant cost to set everything up was around $530 million. Um, and to add the ELR onto that was a $35 million investment. So they had a total of $561 million. Um, from the year 2013 to 2016, they sold just under 3,000 ELRs. So over a three, four-year span, they sold about just under 1,000 a year. What's what's 3,000 times like whatever the value of those is, Fifty five grand. Oh, the it was actually uh, seventy five. Oh, wow. They started out seventy five, and then in twenty sixteen they dropped the price down to fifty eight. So their actual revenue from those cars over that time was like two hundred and ten. So not even nearly a payback period. Well, that's only the ELR, so that's not including the Volt. So I, they made money, like they made probably a good amount of money because they sold a lot more Volts than they did the ELR. Um, I don't know if they broke even. Like I don't know what the cost, you know, after the plant building was like what their margins were so they probably at least broke even well the but they probably they probably made money yearly but not necessarily from a project standpoint right because that's a lot of investment because uh, you have to yeah. remember coming this is now our side of the business right adding a variant to it very rarely adds capital value if you do it correctly um to your facility right so that 30 million dollars that they put into that plant is probably all in what we call non-value added changes. So tooling and stuff like that, yeah, which was arguably, okay, maybe, right? If you're building it hypothetically, but it's, but it's less, 
it's, it's, it's more costly. Yeah, it's more costly than the initial value putting the line in for all the rest of the vehicles. That yeah. you can amortize over a long period of time. And and if you really want to get in, get into all the details, right? You've got a large capital outlay at the at the front, which is more valuable right. than your cash flows that are coming in later, right, right. from the vehicles. So, yeah, from a business standpoint, but, they probably lost money. In any case, just to kind of put a button on this, because we have talked about it, but I did do some Googling uh, also of my own while we were talking about this. And before we transition into the next topic, I would like to say, uh, put this on record, that the two people without engineering degrees, without two engineering degrees, <laughs> that were like, you can't put magnesium in pistons, um, a standard A390 <laughs> aluminum used in regular pistons has a magnesium content of 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.65. Oh, point. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, up, up, point, up. Point 0.5 what percent? Or It doesn't matter. It's a it's a percentage content. <laughs> and a and then you go to an 0. aluminum 4032 hyperutectic piston, which is a whole nother thing. Do it not has buy a, a hyperutectic piston. It has a lot of silicone in it, but that's there's two different standards right now that I could find for um, performance pistons. A 4032 has 1% magnesium, so okay. that's that's higher, almost double the magnesium, and a and a um, twenty six eighteen <laughs> aluminum alloy has one point six percent magnesium, almost three times the magnesium content of a regular p- piston. I just just want to point out that when you say magnesium piston, it instantly goes to hundred percent magnesium in whoever's head you're talking about, and that there's no to, magnesium to the pistons. uneducated people without two it engineering a, it degrees. Is, it is an, an aluminum piston with a magnesium content. <laughs> Which is probably it has used a higher to, magnesium like... content. It has almost triple the magnesium yeah. in it. Do you, you want to know what happened? You want to know what happened to me when I used hyperutectic pistons? Were they forged or were they cast? Hyperutectic are always cast. Forged are forged. Hyperutectic are cast. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a cast piston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. They're typically only cast. Yeah. Because the extra expense of forging is not justified when cast pistons are considered strong enough for stock application. So maybe in the business world, but from a mechanic standpoint, you can forge them as well. Oh, yeah, but you would, but they don't, right? So you can only buy a hyperutectic piston. You can only buy a hyperutectic piston that's forged. Yeah. If you, or that's cast. If you go to a forged piston, it's not hyperutectic anymore. Yeah. And uh, they fucking blow up, dude. Mm-hmm. You, if you put them in like a, a semi high performance engine, yep, they won't last. Yep, yep. So it says here, hyperutectic pistons are significantly less strong than the forty thirty two twenty six eighteen high magnesium <laughs> pistons. <laughs> so, so you're saying like this this four GT that's supposed to be, you know, are you telling me this has these exploding uh, hyperutectic? No, the Ford GT will have forged. It'll have the 4032 forged. Yeah. Hell, they may even have a special alloy for those ones. Just that's Mm, strong. You'd be surprised. We reuse a lot of alloys. Do we? There's only a certain amount of. I suppose. I think think we only have one patented. Did you you know that. uh, Our CGI mix is patented. We're the only ones that can use that mix. Oh, okay. Um, Did you know that. Bert, uh, something or other. The guy that did you, seen, you ever see the world? No, have you ever seen the world's fastest in Wonderstone? No, mm-hmm. uh, and Ernie, yeah, I've no. seen that. <laughs> okay, you, you've never seen the world's fastest <laughs> Indian, so I'm gonna talk to Tom. He's seen it. So, so that guy, that that uh, Australian or New Zealander or whoever the fuck he was, uh, yeah. that ran his Indian motorcycle 
uh, you know, on the salt flats or whatever back in the sixties and set a, set a record that stood for a long fucking time. He built his, uh, he built his bike in a shed, right? Basically he bought an Indian and then modified it in a shed and he used to fucking cast pistons. Bert Monroe. Bert Monroe, there you go. He yeah. used to cast pistons for his motorcycle by dropping in like a bit off of the Chevy piston and a bit off of this Ford piston and whatever else to get like the perfect alloy. Right. And there's no science behind it whatsoever. It's just like, he had so much trial and error that he came to the conclusion that this is, this is what works best in this engine. <coughs> Man, that, that'd be a lot of trial and error. That'd be like a lot of, uh, no, dude, he was like, like, I mean, he had way too much time to do it. The dude was like 65 when he set the fucking record. Yeah, he was from New Zealand too. Yeah, that's right. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. That's definitely worth a watch. Oh yeah, for sure. I've, I haven't watched it in a long I think time. It's on Amazon for anybody that's wondering. Either way, point being, all right, there's magnesium and pistons. There's a higher magnesium <laughs> in performance pistons. All right, Sal, you can have this one. We, yep, we're sorry. But as I was saying, transitioning because we can talk electric for the whole time, and actually, I'm sure that they, they well, they might show something. Um, it's auto show season here oh, yeah. in uh, Michigan the for last, the last year. The last time that's going to be in January. Yeah, yeah, and then in June it's going to be like all the other, like the Chicago one that's just put on by the dealers, and it's like new Hyundai Sonata twenty eighteen. Wait, but, the one in Detroit's put on by the dealers. But it's not like a like Chicago. Very pe- few people reveal stuff in Chicago. Trucks. Not really. Always. No. Chicago's always the truck reveal. No way. Yeah. Well, that's another point we can argue, but uh, um, so. <laughs> So today, um, if you're not in the auto industry and you don't listen to us in Michigan or Tennessee or Ohio or one of those, um, there's a lot of employee preview events, right? So almost all the employees do employee previews. There's a Cadillac one um, that was announced in the free press. There's a Ford one that was also in like the free press or one of those announced it. And obviously we got invited to it. Um, A lot of the vehicles they've shown in the dealers, which is where we got um, so screenshots of that Shelby GT 500 came out like three, four months ago when they were in a dealership conference in Vegas. So what Mike and I were talking about is 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 the luster there. Now, I would like to put a uh, a star out saying that if I can make it, I will try to make it to the auto show. (laughs) But (laughs) but I'm also like, eh. I mean, like from a Ford standpoint, the Explorer has been revealed. The GT 500 has been revealed. To, the, to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, sure, you don't know all the statistics about whatever, but you've seen the fascia of it. You know what's coming. Um, it, Toyota just accidentally leaked the Supra in Mexico, right, if you saw all those articles. Was it accidental? Well, they... I, I didn't read the article, yeah, so I wasn't... I yeah, I mean, well, they leaked it in Mexico, but it, I don't think it was supposed to go up. Oh. Yeah, because they had a whole video on it or whatever. So the Supra got leaked. Cadillac has the XC6, which... Okay, that one hasn't been leaked, but it, it, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab and say it's going to look like a big XT5. Yeah, I'd, I'd venture to guess, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and say it's going to be a big XT5. Kind of how, like, a Traverse looks like a... Uh, Equinox, kind of ish, yeah. or, like, the Lincoln Nautilus looks kind of like a bigger um, MKC, which Edge, that'd yeah. be an interesting name. It's, it's the Tugboat. I'd, that'd be, I'd look out for that one, the... That Lincoln tugboat. There's supposed to be a tugboat? No, I don't know. I'm oh. just trying to come up with some sort of <laughs> boat-themed name for the small. Oh, yeah, right. The pedal boat. No, they're calling it the Aviator. That's what's replacing the MKC. No, MKC is small. MKC is escape size. Yeah, that's what the Aviator is going to be, isn't it? No, the Aviator is the, um, like the Explorer-sized. Oh, is it? Yeah. Nautilus is MK is oh, the, the Nautilus, Nautilus is the is edge one size. From, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Aviators explorer size. Yeah, I don't know what to replace the MKC then. 
it's going to be like the, the Nautilus is repur- replacing the MKX. Yeah, the MKX, which yeah, is the yeah, edge-sized yeah. vehicle. The MK, I forget what we do. You know, we still build the MKT. I think so. Yeah, Dude, they're like no For joke. They still stuff. come out right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I've never been able to figure. I think they still build like I think the Flex is still being built to some extent. Yeah, the MKT and the Flex <laughs> are on the same line. It's crazy. But yeah, in any case, but... back to the point of it. So, does the auto show mean as much these days? No. So I'm just going to point out, I was talking to some people while I was mm-hmm. gone. Okay. Or, you know, away. And Wait, what people were like, it matters. Uh, these are people in like, uh, actually San Francisco area. Okay. So California. Yeah. And they're like the, the thing that got like of all the things that are being released and unveiled and uh, the auto show this year, which is actually like more than there has yeah. been, I think um, like everybody's talking about the Supra. Nobody cares about the Explorer, the GT500, but that Supra, even though I personally, like, it doesn't move me, per se. Um, To me, it kind of, like, some parts of it look kind of like a 4C, and some parts of it kind of look like an MX-5. Um, But everybody's talking about that at the auto show. Because it's the Supra, Tom. Yeah, it hasn't been around in like 20 years. Yeah, it's super, super. It's a nameplate that matters. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. It's also interesting that they're launching it in Detroit. Like, I don't know. Like, Supra, like, is a big deal here. But I imagine it's also a big or if not bigger deal other places. So it's Yeah, but hasn't the rest of the world had a Supra still like or something similar? Not at all? I don't think so. No, the Supra was dead. Hmm. Other than the, the three years of teasers and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, but, but I mean, even then, like, and Tom, you're kind of following into this, like even CES from what I understood this year was kind of a, a bust, right? These conventions about revealing stuff are are starting to, well, because everything's become a technology show, right? And technology only is only glitzy every so often, right? I think of how long it took for us to go from a, the first computer, which was all a big deal so like the first desktop computer, which and, was the next big deal and, in computing. And arguably, the companies themselves are reaching less people by revealing something exclusively at a convention than they would having a media press, uh, oh, yeah, like sure. social media. Actually. Yeah, now it makes more sense to, re- to uh, introduce it on fucking Twitter. Which is what they did like the Explorer, right? The Explorer came out on social media first, right? Right before the convention. So at that right. point, it's like, well, are you even really revealing it at the convention? I mean, I guess it's the first time you see the sheet metal. Um, but yeah, yeah, but still, but you know that it's coming out yeah. at that point, right? So, for me, once I see the spec sheet, I don't really care what it looks like. Right? You know, the, you know the details. Yeah, I mean, and, and we were talking about. I think the auto shows are also important for concepts, but we haven't seen a concept in a hot minute. The last concept I remember was a Cadillac El Mirage, mm-hmm. yeah. which was fucking phenomenal, and they should build that as their electric car. Yeah, I'd buy yeah. one. For- Actually, I real. probably wouldn't. They'd be that, like two hundred grand. That reminds me of one of those one. like uh, Batman the Animated Series, a really like Art Decoy huge cars. That's what. Oh yeah, yeah, for me. sure. That's why I would have bought one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was even a Buick or something back then that oh, was yeah. like. Really oh yeah, they had a Buick looking. concept, didn't they? It was like yeah. a Buick SUV crossover concept or something that actually looks pretty good. Or maybe no, it was a car, wasn't they it? They had the car. Yeah, and it that's was like, right. I think it was yeah. the car. It was big. Yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's. I don't know. It's going to be actually the uh, the XT. What did you say? XT6. Sal, the XT six. Mm-hmm. That's actually there's pictures of it on uh, on CNET. So if you um, did really you say CNET? It, it does look. Yeah. Oh gosh. There's a preview. That's where we've gotten 20. to what the point where CNET? CNET is breaking car. Yep. CNET. CNET yep. is a computer. It's like an old tech <laughs> old tech yeah. blog. 
I still, I still, I still like the reviews a bit. But yeah. Oh I, uh, God. Are we talking about the XT5? Yeah. That's like a. Does this not look like a BMW X series ripoff to you, Tom? To me, this looks like oh, aside geez. from like the interior, the exterior looks like a uh, a non-binary type of a vehicle look. It does opinion. look kind of non-binary. I mean, the back end is nice. Yeah. I'll give him the. T- well, I don't know. To be honest, that grill looks a lot like a yeah. Ford grill. Well, it's the it's the it's the same grill as the Escalade, right? Because the Escalade the, was. Oh yeah, okay. But like to me, just the, oh, the back, the C, behind the C pillar. This is this is riveting podcasting. By the yeah, way. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Talking about pictures. It's got that little triangle in it with the X. Oh man, they're trying to make it look sporty. What are we doing here? Yeah, for sure. So what are we doing here? So on they're def- CNET, they're, yeah, picture, they're definitely trying to make uh, it look sporty. Picture twenty. There's a seventy-two picture reel of this thing. Picture twenty. They have a pic- some pictures of the it back takes seat. Too long to go through. And all, all I can see, all I can say is like the amount of plastic is embarrassing. Like you can see, like up over the right shoulder of the uh, passenger side. Oh, that's bad. Seat person. That's that is all bad. that cheap plastic. The cup holder on the right side of the picture is all plastic. Look it down by the feet, like the foot covers on all the seats yeah, is all rough. plastic. The uh, yeah, there's a lot oh, dude, of plastic. Even, even in the there. um, if you look on the front, the well, this would be the rear, the third row. So we're looking at the third row in this picture. If you look at the second row, they've got captain's chairs, you know, with armrests. Mm-hmm. Right below that armrest is that seat belt cover, right, where it hinges and shit. That's yep. just a clunky, ugly-looking cover. Oof. Also, mm-hmm. that piano black stuff. I had a I mean, car with the piano black plastic for the thing. Not a good look. It's just always smudgy. Oh, yeah. For the center line, yep. it's just always smudgy. But in any case. It I looks mean, like it has a lot of trunk however, space, though. Sorry, I'm trying Whoop-dee-doo. to find something good. I'm trying to find something good about yeah. it here, guys. It's a bigger yeah. XT. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh. I will say this though: the um, like the front dash, the carbon fiber stuff. Um, or there's another like kind of a weave epoxy thing that they do. My neighbor has a Cadillac that has that in there on some of the touch surfaces, mm-hmm. kind of, and that actually looks amazing and doesn't smudge at all. Like you just don't notice yeah, the my, smudges because of the. But my Taurus had one that's it. a sports sedan. Do you really want carbon fiber in a Cadillac? No, I want leather. I want leather. Well, it's not really carbon fiber. I don't want any carbon fiber. It's almost like some. It's some kind of weed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but 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 you want you want like a plushy leather on there, (laughs) or like wood, like the like the Scandinavians and Germans do. I just I just want to say something. All right, all right, Tom, look at picture number thirty-seven. And and I I just want to tell you. I clicked out of it for a second. Get back to it because. I, this reinforces my position on uh, station wagons because if this isn't a slightly taller station wagon, I don't know what is. Because from oh, that angle, it looks yeah. like a station wagon with a higher belt line. 100%. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Like, not even a little yep. bit. If you were to take the, um, I don't know, like a, a Mercedes what five series station wagon it would look like this <coughs> what's going on with if that? you took the roof rack off of this if you took the roof rack off it would look like a uh like an old caravan or something can we stop like as, one of the... as a as a as an industry can we stop putting chrome trim around all our windows <laughs> for the love of god just make it black <laughs> i do not get 
the like what is the point oh it, it well and the the problem with it is that it's i will all pla- say this it cleans yeah but it's here. all plastic right so it's all chromed plastic which makes it worse it's not a metal yeah. it's still it still cleans easier than and the black are, stuff and what are we doing with this well, huge long stuff. grill like the, the front fascia is like four feet tall like it's you're you're building a snowplow. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. So so that's what gets me right is in order to make all these cars look sporty, and this goes for just about any manufacturer these days. The belt lines have raised, yeah, and it's also raised for pedestrian safety, occupant mm. safety, blah blah blah, right? But the downside of having that higher belt line is that everything looks fucking massive, right? <laughs> right. The, yeah, you're they're trying to hide this grill with some upright lights and some. Uh, scoops and shit like that right to make it look shorter than it is but at the end of the day it's like a two and a half three foot tall fucking grill it's huge all right so you guys know how my situation with ford has been lately oh, right where are we getting updates um what no not exactly i'm just i'm flipping through we're basically at the auto show right now i don't know if you guys noticed it but we're basically doing the same thing we do at the auto show um but i'm clicking through the pictures for the 2020 explorer and would you say that the explorer should be above or below the xt6 as far as like price point or what it's the same just like if i is it the same same class same vehicle class yeah yeah so like the interior shots of this look way better that's a platinum edition oh yeah yeah, probably the same probably cost you as much as a starting xt6 right Probably more, yeah, but like it doesn't more, look. Yeah. But like the like the covers and like plastic and everything. So I was I rode in um a 2017 Mercedes GLE 350 yesterday, and it was amazing. Like you know, like you said, wood touch surfaces, like really high quality. You know, everything it was like aligned perfectly inside for the yeah. trim and everything. Like it looked yeah. gorgeous, um and like. You can kind of notice in the XT6, like some stuff looks kind of weird. And these pictures of the Explorer look amazing. Other, other than the, like, uh, the other Explorer, than the 2011 vintage iPad that they have for the dash, <laughs> those that border yeah, uh, on that yeah. iPad on the dash is a little bit ooh. It's got like a two inch <laughs> border, but in any case, yeah, no. But the interior fit and finish yeah. looks nice. Right, like you can you can almost smell like it smell it from here. Like the leather's all nice. It looks kind of plushy. It has a wood finish. It has a dimension to it. That's the one thing I've had an issue with with the Cadillacs lately yeah. is that the the dash is very. It's one level, right? It's not scalloped. It doesn't have much depth to it. It's very yeah, it's, it's very one dimensional. Flat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in any case, I guess point being, right? So, but to your point exactly, Tom, we're we're pretty much at the auto show right now. <laughs> I mean. Oh yeah, we've yeah. seen the cars at the auto show, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and in a lot of cases, we've seen them better than we'd get to see them in the auto show. Other than the exterior, because you can't even see the inside of some of them, right? Because it's door locked or whatever, um, or you're fighting the masses. You don't right? get a, you don't get the feel, right? But yeah. Let's be honest. Would you rather go to the dealer in six months and test drive a car that you're interested in, or? I don't know what noise that was. Hmm. Um, or. Oh, is that Mike's me? Laptop. Oh, that's me. Um, 
That's what it was. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can go, you're still going to go best. test drive it, right? You're still going to have to go test drive it at when the time yeah, comes right. anyway. And, and so, do you really want to go stand in line at the auto show to fucking sit in a car for two minutes with a bunch of people gawking at you, right? right? Or do you want to go test drive the car and see how it actually performs and really feels? And touch a bunch of the surfaces that everybody else touches right. during flu season. Yeah, right. End up with a bunch of cells going there. But uh, but in any case, yeah. So I guess we um, after that <laughs> ten minute riveting. Everyone looking at pictures. picture. <laughs> For the readers at that point, when we start talking about the auto show, just do yourself a favor and pull up the CNET article of the XT6 yeah, and, also and follow the one, along. And also the one of the 2020 Explorer. Yep. And, and just follow along. It'll make this so much better. Don't do it if you're in a car. Yeah, like, if you're driving, don't pull driving, that up. Don't do it. If you're in the gym, go ahead. You, right. you pull it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. actually – before we before we jump off, one last thing about the Supra that I did not know, but it is actually based on the BMW yes. Z4 platform, oh, in case you didn't know that. Which is also very interesting, because so, the article kind of was talking about the fact that a lot of people were mad, because the last one was, they said it's too much of a like an Asian market Mustang, right? It was too big. A lot of people argued it was too mm, big. Yep. It was just, it was a muscle car. It was an Asian muscle car, I mean, which that, was always a deal. It was a muscle car. But it wasn't, it. they're saying that the, the initial conception of supra like mark one through three was small zippy oh, sports car yeah, okay and then okay. four just got into big muscle which is why i love that thing but um and then this was a return to small zippy got it sports car um got so it. basically the toyubaru twins six years later <laughs> it's an frs <laughs> with, a, with a, a different badge but uh yeah. but yeah so so I guess the auto show is uh, not necessary. Fun to go with, but not necessary as much. I think you do get some of that like fit and finish, like quality information. Mm. Like if you go and sit in a vehicle, you're actually interested in buying. But yeah, like I mean, it's uh, the, the people just don't show up. You know no, what I mean? Dude, like the like, big oh, man, you're like the exotics and everything. I would say, like, dude, like the auto show still draws yeah. eight hundred thousand people in Detroit. And to that point. The oh, only yeah. person I know yeah. that goes to auto shows to figure out what car they're going to buy this day is, which apparently now you, Tom, but you and my dad. That's the only people I know that go to an auto show to figure out what they want to buy. I mean, I, I still know a lot of people that like to go down to the auto show, but mostly just because it's a tradition, yeah. right? Like they just go to the yeah. auto show and event. wander around and shit, right? They're not necessarily going because of the cars. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just a thing to do. Or because they're specifically looking at, oh, I want to buy a new car or whatever. Right. They're just going out to look and see what the new shit is, you yeah. know? But I don't know. So are you going to the auto show, Tom? Um, I, to be honest with you, before this podcast and us looking through the CNET article, I was going to try and bring up and say, yeah, let's go. But I'm on the <laughs> fence again. <laughs> like, we, instead of the auto show, like we could go to, uh, I don't know, like we could, we could go to like suburban collection or so, do something more interesting, you know, probably than go to the auto show, unfortunately. Um, cause there is like the big thing is the Supra that's coming out. Uh, the Ford stuff is all, I think good, but I don't, I'm not like, I don't need to go and wade through 500,000 people in order to see it. Especially cause um, the explorers are going to be, there's going to be hundreds of them sitting in, in, uh, in the uh, dealer lots in about three months. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And like hardly like 2% of them are going to be like yeah. the high trims <laughs> that you see at the auto show. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe we'll, maybe we should just figure out something else to do. We can have like a, you know, podcast 
near the auto show hey, I'm down. <laughs> at a diner. Down the street <laughs> I'm always down for diner food. <laughs> yeah, this is, welcome to Cars and Filter near Heck the yeah. auto show, not at the auto show, <laughs> near the auto show. Coming exactly. to you live inside the diner next yeah. to the auto show. Yeah. Coming to you live from Onassis Coley Island on <laughs> Trumbull in Michigan. <laughs> We're here at the debut of the new Cadillac yeah. Diner. We can just, we can just yeah. stand outside and like walk when people come out. Did you care about anything you saw today? Oh, actually, that that wouldn't be a bad idea. You guys want to do a, <laughs> a thing at the auto show? We can interview uh-huh. some people on the way out. Ask them what they thought. Yeah, that let's, could work. Let's do it. People look out for that, guys. Idea. We might do that next time. All right. Well. Don't get your hopes too high. Yeah, don't, but... <laughs> don't get too high. <laughs> yeah. like to oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're at the auto show, look for us. Yeah. Cool. We may be there. We'll be t- three nondescript dudes all little bundled yeah, right. up. Security might get nervous about me standing outside for too long, but that's all right. I'm, I'm... You'll know us because security will be dragging Sal away and me yeah. and Michael will be chasing after them. Yeah. Like, no, no. And, and on that note, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. <laughs>